Welcome to another podcast from Fire Church Ministries. We hope you enjoy this message from Fire Church, Karim Downs. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we just lift up your name, the name above every name. Right now, Lord, help me preach your word. Transform us, change us for your glory. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. I will make a public confession to all on top of what Robin said. I, am, I, I love my, my family. I love my kids. But I am pretty annoying at home. Just so I'm consistent, just so you know, there's no skeletons in my closet. Um, all the wives laugh because probably their husbands are the same. I, I do irritate my kids sometimes, so every day, but Lord, pray for me. Jesus, help me. I, I, uh, I, do, I need to change my ways. I, I have too much fun with the kids, don't I, Jess? I rev them up at the times when they're meant to be uh, calming down for bedtime and things like that. But God is good. I'm one of those. I am one of those. It was the last day of school holidays this past Monday, and uh, I filled them up full of uh, sugar, Luna Park, fairy floss, ice cream, you name it. I'm, I'm the fun dad. Pray for me. <laughs> um, pray for Jess too. <laughs> you know, I, I, uh, I, I'm doing something very different I've never done before. My Bible college uh, lecturers in particular, um, my homiletics preaching class, uh, instructors would, would gasp at the thought of what I'm about to do. And, um, you know, we were taught in, in, in preaching class, never announce to your audience that God has just changed your message, that he's just changed it last minute. They said that. I'm, I'm doing something worse. I'm doing something worse. You see, I, I've been trained to be meticulous, be prepared, have slide presentations, all that kind of stuff, right? They're all good. I love studying thoroughly the Word of God. And I did that last week. I unpacked scriptures, looked at Hebrew uh, meanings and things like that. There's something worse that they, they probably didn't even think about. And that is don't come unprepared. <laughs> I've come with a, a live word fresh from the oven. But hear me out. Before you check out and, and think what's for dinner tonight, let, let, how can I get out of these doors quietly? The thing that we're starting in this four-part series on prayer and worship really is just recipes for revival, in particular tonight, drawing near to God and hungering for God, hungering and thirsting for God. This week I've been praying, I've been fasting, I've come prepared, just not in the way that you would think. And you see, there's something that has happened recently within where, who's heard of the Toronto outpouring, Toronto blessing, the Toronto revival, John? And Carol Arnett were in town recently, and I reached out and asked, would you like to come and speak at Fire Church? They said, unfortunately, we're only here for, for a very short amount of time to see their son. I want to find out where he goes to church. If he doesn't have a church, I want him here. Get John and Carol here often. And they said, but why don't you come to a meeting? We'd love to meet you and, and uh, get to know you a little bit and pray uh, an impartation of revival fire over you. So I went, I prayed about it, and, and the Lord said, go. And I, I meet my friend who uh, organized all these different uh, meetings when John and Carol will come to Australia. See, they weren't even meant to minister, but they were here to just see their son and his family. And he introduces me quickly. They said, hello, quick little introduction. And as soon as that finished, Carol starts to pray over me, Mama Carol. I hit the floor on my knees. I, I, I don't like to give um, courtesy falls, although sometimes I will. 
If you know what I'm talking about, if it's going on for a while, if you want me to fall, just go down. In this instance, I fell on my knees and I felt this intense amount of heat like I've never felt before in my life. I was burning up and then I was just on the floor. And just in front of John and Carol, she would just prod me every now and then, more Lord, fire Lord, more God, fire God. I can hear this meeting proceeding uh, to the next part of it. The worship was glorious and then people were moving and I was getting a little bit embarrassed and I got up and I sat down. They get up to speak. Mama Carol first, and she goes, you know, in our times of revival, we would pray for people, and great men and women come into that movement. And I can remember this one guy I prayed for, and he came down the power of God for three hours, and I was just poking him, prodding him, fire, more Lord, more Lord. As she's saying that, I thought, wow, personal rebuke right here. I receive it. Rebuke me, Lord. She comes off stage, let's John continue. I said, Mama Carol, I got up early. Can you hit me again? She hits me again. I'm flat on the floor for the rest of the meeting. This fire tunnel's happening and all that kind of stuff. It, it reminds me, I love how this church, that, the, the uh, meeting I, I visited, it's like, yeah, they've got it. You know, we've been doing fire tunnels for a while and, and we're going to do one tonight. And I, I'm going to give reason as to why we're doing what we're doing, a lot of these things now. But I'm out of it for the next two or so hours, or I think it was uh, three hours in total. And, 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 and honestly, I, I walked away from that meeting and I thought, I'm hungry like never before. If you'd asked me after Ignite Conference, are you ready for revival? I, these lips would have just given you just what you would have expected to hear, yes. But inside my heart, I'm worrying, do I, don't, don't we? It's going to take a lot. The cost is a lot. But after last meeting I've had with these beautiful people, the Lord said, there is no other option for you, Alex. It's revival or bust. Do you want to see a great move of God that this world has never seen before, that He has prophesied through the prophets, that before the coming of the, of the return of Christ, that our nation will experience the greatest move of God that we've never seen before. And it will start in this city and then spread to the nations, the, the, the different states of this country, and then all around the world. And isn't it interesting that Melbourne has been marked for revival? February 2000, sorry, February 1922, in Melbourne Town Hall, a hundred years ago, Smith Wigglesworth prophesied that the greatest move of the Holy Spirit shall come upon the great Southland of the Holy Ghost, Australia, and then it will spread into neighbouring countries and then around the world. We have been earmarked for revival. So is there any wonder that we've had the longest lockdowns in the world, that we've had a CEO in his job for 24 hours before experiencing extreme amount of pressure to say, I, I, I've got to quit. Because they're now telling me my associations and my ties to a church who believes in the Bible is no longer acceptable in this world. It's no wonder that the enemy is trying to shut down the church in this state, in this city. But we are a people of God that will stand on His Word. Come hell or high water. This life is short, friends. This life is short. We've got a hunger. We've got a thirst. I want to start off with a verse that I, I preached on recently. Isaiah 55. And then we're going to jump into the New Testament. 
Isaiah 55 verse 1, it says this, Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and you who have no, no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does, no, does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me here and your soul shall live and I will make an everlasting covenant with you. The sure mercies of David, indeed I have given him as the witness to the people, a leader and commander for the people. Surely... You shall call a nation you do not know, and nations who do not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God and the Holy One of Israel, for He has glorified you. The Lord said to me a number of years ago, I think it was about three years ago, and He would show me daily on the, on the re- daily reminder on the clock, 5.55 p.m., 5.55 a.m., triple five, as I 55 and 5, surely you shall call a nation you do not know, and nations who do not know you shall run to you, for I have glorified you. He said, I... Can you be entrusted with the glory of God? Can you be entrusted with the glory of God? Isaiah 55 and 5. I would see it on the truck in the phone number, 039 There is a time coming, friends, when the nations will start to run to places of worship, to places where the glory of God resides, and they will take it back to their nation. But the Lord wants to know, can He entrust you with His glory? We've been going after unity lately. The Bible says in Psalm 133, how beautiful it is when brethren dwell amongst each other in unity. It is like the oil of Aaron running down his beard. It is like the Jew of Mount Hermon. The anointing flows where there is unity. But the Lord showed me something recently, which is greater than unity, but includes unity. And in John 17, The Lord says, Jesus said, I pray God that as you and I are one, that that my disciples shall also be one. And that we can share with them the glory of God. Where there's unity, there's anointing, there's blessings. But when we are one, the glory of God comes. The glory of God. I go, God, give me a picture. What does this even mean? When I, before I became a full-time pastor, I was working for Medibank Health Insurance and we had health insurance free, oh, at least half price. It was a really good deal. And so every year, um, sunglasses. I had these Ray-Bans that I held on to, my prescription Ray-Bans, which broke just before my birthday. And it snapped at the arm. And then I tried to fix it with a little bit of super glue. And I thought, oh, it looks good. Then I picked it up and it fell off again. Sometimes superglue works majestically. I I grew up um, putting together models of planes, cars, and things like that. The superglue worked like magic. It was great. It, It did its job. But the Lord said, that is like unity. The glue that bonds us and keeps us together. But it's something better than that. And the Lord said, don't worry about your, your sonny's. And I, I just wanted for my birthday just, just a nice new pair of Ray-Bans. And the Lord said, just give, 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 give. The just shall live by faith. And the more I gave, the more I came back. And I had extra money for a new pair of Ray-Bans. Praise God. But these new pair of Ray-Bans with a new arm, 
is one. It wasn't just glued together. It is one. It is strong. It is one. I pray, Jesus said, that my disciples shall be one. Everyone say one. one. Let's go for the one. Let's be in fellowship together as one. It says this. I got this download on the way to Hawthorne this morning. Fresh, fresh during the worship. And I'm going to unpack it a little bit tonight. John 6, 26. We're going to go there. The context behind here is Jesus had just fed the multitudes. The Bible says 5,000 men. And then scholars say, if you look at the women and children in that place, in that region, it would have been about 20,000. And they've been following Jesus and the disciples for, for a while now, and they've come to a place where they're hungry. And Jesus asks, where will, he asks his disciples to test them, where will we, we, where, where, where will we buy food? Because he knew what he was about to do. Thank God one of his disciples said, we don't have it much, but we've got this boy with um, you know, five loaves of barley and, and two fish. Jesus blessed it. He multiplied it to the point that it fed every single person at that meeting and then some. There was 12 baskets full left over, a picture and display that Jesus cares for your every need, your physical needs, that He has provision for you, and then some, if you are willing to call upon His name, if you're willing to follow Him. And then we come to an interesting part of the story. After they're fed, after they get all this food, verse 26, Most assuredly I say to you, you seek me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not labour for food which perishes, but for food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, but uh, because God the Father has set His seal on Him. Isaiah 55 says, Do not waste your money on food that does not satisfy, on wine that can never satisfy you. Come and buy bread you can't afford. Come and buy wine, that even if you don't have money, Come and sit at the table of the Lord and feast. Verse 29, Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God that you believe in Him whom He sent. And it says this, verse 32, Most assuredly I say to you, Moses did not give you bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is He who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. I am the bread of life. I'm skipping down to verse 35. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. I tried my best to study this coming this week. I reached out to Lee. Lee, what do you got for Sunday morning? We we're preaching the same topic. He sends me his slideshow, 35 megabytes. It can't even fit in an email. As much as I tried to open it, where are you, Lee? All your hard work. I tried to open it and the Lord said, no, 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 no. I've got something for you. And what Lee preached was amazing. I saw a part of it on the way here this morning. But there's something different about tonight as well. As we hunger and thirst for the Lord, He's going to open up wells of revival that we've heard about, that we've seen, prophesied, heard prophesied. But it comes back to this, that we would hunger and thirst after Him. So Jesus, He says it again. In verse 41, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And it, it startles, startles the, the crowd. 
who is this guy? They start to say, isn't this Joseph's son? Isn't this just a regular person? And now he's saying he's come from heaven, he's come from God. Who are you, Jesus? So Jesus, being seeker friendly, he says this. I am the living bread which came down from heaven, verse 51, uh, Matthew 6, which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. The crowd were already starting to lose him, starting to think, you're crazy. So what does Jesus do? Here's a secret-friendly statement. Eat my flesh. Drink my blood. (laughs) Jesus cares not for the opinions of man. He cares not to water down the truth. I want to be a people. I want us to be a people of the Word of God that will never water down the truth. That will give people the truth in love. Uh, This past Tuesday, the pastors and I had to go to a training on the recent uh, change, what is it called, CSP, Change uh, Suppression Practices Law, Conversion Suppression Practices Law, whatever it is. Uh, Essentially, we in this state have got the harshest possible penalties if someone was to give you, for example, their consent to talk about this sexuality and they, they want to change their sexuality according to the Bible, even with consent, you're not allowed to talk to them about it. You're not allowed to affirm them in their, their decisions. You're not allowed to pray for them. not allowed to do deliverance. None of that. You face a 20 grand fine or 10 years in prison just for doing any of that, even with their consent, even if they want you to help them, even if your own child wants you to help them. They're in a state of confusion and they say, I feel like I need to go back to what the Word says. You can't do anything. Your hands are tied. It's crazy. It's what the enemy is trying to do to shut down the voices of the people of God, to really confuse God's creation and, and, and we love all people. We war not against flesh and blood, but against powers, principalities, and authorities in the heavenlies. Amen. So we love people. And I thank God there, there is a loophole that we can actually, and it's according to the new laws, whatever is shared on the platform from this word can be shared. There is protection right now to speak the truth. But who knows if that protection will be there forever. So if we haven't made it clear yet, what does the Word of God say? Who we are? There is two genders. There's no more, friends. There's two genders, male and female. That sex outside of marriage is a sin. Heterosexual sex, homosexual sex, any type of sex outside of marriage is a sin. And the way God has designed us to be is to live for Him. It said, in the beginning, God created male and female. In our image. In whose image? God's image. God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And to be fruitful and to multiply. How do you be fruitful as a, as a couple, as a married couple, and multiply? It's a man and a woman. The bi- biblical definition of marriage is between a man and a woman. You can't sue me. I'm protected. 
James loved that one. But I say all this with love. Because Jesus said in John 8 to some Pharisees who were trying to just cap, capture him and, and entangle him in any chance that they could to trip him up. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. He wasn't just talking about principles. He wasn't just talking about my truth versus your truth. He was talking about the truth of God. He said to the Pharisees, the religious people, you are bound. And the, the response is in John 8, what are you talking about? We've never been bound. We're, we're the sons and the, 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 uh, the lineage of Abraham. We're not bound. And Jesus said, if anyone has sinned, they are bound by their sin. But he who sets, but the son, what does it say? Let me go there. I don't want to misquote Jesus. Jesus is worthy. Let's not quote the Lord, misquote the Lord. John 8, verse 36. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. He says earlier there in verse 31. If you abide in me and abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. If you abide in me and my word, you are my disciples indeed. Not in your own truth, not in your own feelings, what you think this life should be, but according to his word. And you shall know the truth, verse 32, the truth, and the truth will set you free. Verse 36, therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. What is the truth? Or better yet, better question, who is the truth? Jesus, Jesus, the Word of God, who came down and dwelt among us and to His own, His own did not recognise. But for those who believe, they shall be called the sons and daughters of God. You shall know the truth, Himself, Jesus, and Jesus will set you free. I was addicted to just dumb stuff on the internet, but I got to know the truth. I got to know Jesus and He set me free. I've had to do the unpleasant but necessary job of stepping down people because I found out during their dating that they're sleeping together. I'm sorry, friends. You shall know the truth and truth will set you free. The Bible says in those moments, hand them over to Satan that they may realise what they've done and then come back to in fellowship. It's a hard truth, but we do it in love. And we were on a mission trip three years ago. And I found out one week before we had to fly out, one of our new guys, new to, new to the faith, uh, picked up uh, some girl at the gym. They've been together for a few months now. Uh, and they were sleeping together. And I said, bro, it'll be hard for you to cancel your trip and, and, and miss out but I can't have you praying with us. You can't be laying hands on people while you're walking in sin and doing all this nonsense in the background. You can move chairs around, do a few things practically, but you can't do ministry with us. And, and I love you so much, but we've got to sort this out properly when we get back home. On the trip, we uh, gave the Lord our mornings. We worshipped our God. We, we encountered His presence every day. By the second morning, the, the women of the trip really just gave a surprise intervention. They said, brother, you can't continue this anymore. You know what the Word of God says. And, and more than that, this woman has a son. You can't mislead this son to one day soon call you dad and then break his heart on top of his mom's heart 
you've got to do the right thing. Shortly after the worship, and, and, and uh, he does his own thing, and he tells me, I've just messaged her to break up. I go, oh, what? Bro, don't SMS. <laughs> At least a phone call or a video chat. My goodness, don't ever break up via SMS. Word to the wise, if there's anything important, please don't send an email or an SMS. At least a phone call if you can't get a face-to-face. My goodness, many times I get a heavy SMS. Like, what? What are you on about? This is, this is a phone call at least, not, not an SMS anyways. I'm sidetracking. The next day, we're at, at a drug rehab center. And in this drug rehab center, of about 120 people, three quarters of the room was at the front, standing up, some were raising hands in worship at the front, and the, the other three quarters at the back sitting down. I asked the organizers, what's the story here? The people at the back were Muslims, the people at the front are Catholics slash Christians. Our friend who's just broken up with his uh, girlfriend, a, a non-believer, unequally yoked, gets up to share his testimony. 13 years, a life of drugs, crime, armed robbery, an ex-serviceman in the Aussie military, uh, left with PTSD and, and just spiraled downhill afterwards, is now sharing his testimony about the power of God that set him free from addiction. The next two people that get up, and I just realized that this this morning, these two people who I stood down for a, for a few uh, weeks because I found out they were sleeping together, unmarried, they repented, they were remorseful, they, they got things right, they got married, they now have a beautiful kid and a second one on the way, and, and they love the Lord deeply. I just realized the Lord put the two and two together for me today. They were at the, the same drug rehab center on a missions trip. Here's another group that I had to correct with the Word of God. And they're sharing their testimony how they used to be drug addicts themselves. Long story short, 40 people give their, raise their hands to receive the Lord. Some Muslims in the crowd because the Bible says, you shall do great works, right? You are His masterpiece created for good works. And I asked the the father of the guy who just broke up with his girlfriend the day before, has he done anything like this before? Because he was so articulate and powerful. And said, yeah, he tried a few months ago in Thailand at a drug rehab center, and he was a complete, utter mess. He had no confidence, no boldness. He was so awkward, and he just couldn't speak. I said, there's a difference now, isn't there? He goes, yes, there is. Because the Bible says the righteous are as bold as a lion. When you live for God righteously, you shall be bold as a lion. So sometimes there is a price we need to pay, friends. But He's worth it. Amen? He's worth it. I'll wrap up very soon. This is the bread, verse 58, which came down from heaven, not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead, He who eats this bread will live forever. In the wilderness, when the Israelites left Egypt, their task was to collect the manna. What is it? That's a literal translation of manna. What is it? It's bread from heaven. It's a wafer-like biscuit, which can be ground up and baked into bread. And they weren't to collect more than two days' worth because it would go off, except for the day before the Shabbat, the resting period. You can collect more than two days' worth. This says to me, 
You can't live on yesterday's encounter. You can't live on yesterday's revelation. You can't live on yesterday's devotion. It's a daily exercise. I looked into John and Carol. I'll wrap up this and we'll get into that fire tunnel. Why it's so important as well. I looked into John and Carol's life a little bit after my meeting with them. Three years after they finished Bible college, this is about 30 years ago. Three years after they finished Bible college, they were just business people. And they went to Indonesia on a missions trip. It makes sense now because I found out before Melbourne, they're in Bali. I thought that's a bit far away from some Canadians. But they were there 30 years ago on a missions trip. And these Indonesians, I'm Filipino. That's all the Indonesians know. They, they thought John and Carol were these great apostles and evangelists. And so they got roped in to speak night and day, four days in a row, with street food in between, diarrhea and all, the glory of God. And they, they had a taste for what could be. And, and in their hearts, they said, we want more of this, Lord. And the Lord said to them, if you're serious, then give me your mornings. Give me your mornings in worship, in reading the Word, in devotions. Give me your mornings. And then number two, hang around the anointed ones. Hang around anointed people. Hang, out, hang around the ones that will lift you up, that will give you counsel, that will correct you, that will guide you. They will at times have to chastise you. Find the mothers and fathers in the faith. Even if they make you mad. Don't find another one if they make you mad. Stay the course. I get feedback to this day from Pastor Dan. And I love it. I love that I still get feedback from him. Imagine if I just like, he's like, we're off to Queensland. You know, cabanas and sunshine. Good luck in Victoria. That's not how it works. I love that I still get feedback. Find the mothers and fathers in the faith. Find the anointed ones. The Bible says, the company of the wicked or the fools causes harm. And do not sit in the seat of the scornful or the mockers. Find the ones who have a heart for God. Don't associate with the ones that are like the 10 spies who checked out the promised land and they thought, we're just little grasshoppers. There's giants in the field. We, we can't do this. We're checking out. Find the ones, and though they may be the minority, like the Joshua's and the Caleb's, where it says in the Word, for they carried a different spirit. Because they carried a different spirit, what is the spirit? The spirit in us, our, our being, that Jesus, when He talked about, though you die, you shall live. It's our spirit that lives on. This body, this flesh, We'll go to the ground, but our spirits will live on. Find the ones with the Spirit, like in Numbers 14, 24 says, because Joshua and Caleb followed me wholeheartedly, they shall enter the promised land. Find the anointed ones. Find the ones who give Him their morning, their night, their devotion, who live by the Word of God, no matter how hard it gets. We've paid a price, friends. I've paid many many prices to be living out the call of God in my life. I've given up things that I thought were great, were fun, were enjoyable for a moment, for a season, but then left me shortchanged, in anxiety, loathing myself. Then I realised this is what we're meant to be doing.
living for Him. And so Jesus says all these crazy things and then the crowds start to leave. The disciples that were following Him start to leave. And Jesus turns to His 12, will you also leave me? And Peter says, where shall we go? To whom shall we go? You carry the words of eternal life. Will you follow Him even if it doesn't look popular anymore? Even when the heat turns up in our state. I do sense we're going to come into a season that maybe there needs to be a sacrifice. There needs to be a martyr in a sense, so to speak, culturally. But I also sense there's going to be great protection. Just like it was with Elisha when, he, when there was a troop of of uh, people in chariots sent to capture him and his servant, Elisha's servant, was in fear. And Elisha said, Lord, would you open his eyes and see that there is more with us than those who have come for us. And as he opened his eyes, there was chariots of fire of angelic warriors come to surround and protect them. And then he prayed, would you cause their eyes go blind? And what, what did Elisha do? Cut their heads off. No, he didn't. He led them by hand, took him back as prisoners of war and looked after them. We're going to have grace and mercy. We're going to have protection in what, we, what we're going to be doing. We had it, friends, when we'd never turned anyone away in these doors when we're meant to turn people away. We never did. The Lord said, don't you ever do that in my house. We have protection. We have blessing. The Lord says, continue. Even with this nonsense, with the bombers, I once was a bomber fan up until a few days ago even with that nonsense and the pressure. Follow Him. There's going to be protection. There's going to be favour, but be merciful, friends. We're not, we don't wage with flesh and blood, but, but with principalities, powers and authorities in the heavenlies and people's thoughts. It's not really them. We need to help them be set free. Lead them like Elisha and his servant by hand. Lead them to freedom till their eyes are open to the reality of what they're really doing and who we serve. What an honour. So we do fire tunnels. Why? As a history of our church, we, we do these things. And, and I was actually, I had to ask the Lord myself, why do we do these things? Like, you know, these revival movements, that they're known for their fire tunnels. Why? why? You should ask yourself why for everything that we do. Amen. Well, Paul said it to Timothy like this. I know you have genuine faith in you, like it was in your grandmother Lois. Now fan into flame, 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, fan into flame the gift of God which is in you. There is a gift of God in you, believer. A gift of God in you, son and daughter. Fan it into flame. What does it follow with? For you have not been given the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Fan into flame. Perhaps that prophetic word that was shared, was prayed over you. Perhaps that vision, that dream, that thing that God wants you to do. Fan it into flame. Fan into flame that revival that you're carrying in your heart. We're going to go for it, friends. I'm hungry like never before. I was in a meeting for five hours, which felt like that. If it means that we get to see the greatest harvest the world has ever seen before the return of Christ, that's the prophetic word. 
When will Jesus come? Matthew 24, until this gospel is preached to all nations, as a witness to all, then the end will come. Our country of Australia has also been prophesied that we will send out the most missionaries into the world per capita. We're going to do something different with our interns next year. We're going to do fire missions through prayer and, and a beloved pop who, who, who uh, shared with me, you know, just a quick story. The Lord said, fire missions next year for your interns. Fire missions, fire missions, and those who want to get involved. Two hours later, pop, Frank Clancy, he's, he's coming to an age of retirement. He did rescue Australia faithfully, powerfully over the last couple of years. And he says to me, I feel to come under fire church for rescue, but change it. Just, just do some sort of fire missions. I go, what? He said, what was that word you said? Pop? He said, fire missions. I go, no way. The Lord said to me an hour and a half ago, fire missions. We want to partner up with these words that we're going to send out revivalists to the ends of the earth. Amen. So, for you to fan into flame, Paul said it like this, didn't he? Fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. Prayer team, staff members, interns, house fire leaders, department leaders, can I get you all to just form line here, a little tunnel? It won't take long. There's not, not heaps of us tonight. And, and worship team, we're going to kick it off. But before we kick off the fire tunnel, we never want to close the meeting without giving anyone, either online or in the room, an invitation to get right with God. I was living my own life a sinner destined for hell with all, all the nonsense that I was getting into. But I thank God I had a friend who told me the truth. And the truth is this, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But thanks be to God for His Son, Jesus, who gives eternal life. And John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. You shall not perish. You don't need to go to hell, friends. If you're living in sin and you want to repent, Jesus said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near, which means you're going to die one day and you're going to be in the kingdom. If you don't repent, where do you go? You go to hell. Simply put. Hell is real. Heaven is real. Make a choice. And I, I don't want to ever close the meeting without giving people a chance to get right with God. You may call yourself a Christian, but you know you're not living for Him. You know you're not living right for Him. And tonight's the night to say, enough is enough. I'm drawing the line and I'm going to live for God. Repent means to turn away from our sins. No matter what background you're from. So with every eye closed, the head bowed right now. Can I ask if there's anyone in the room that you know you're not living right for God? Perhaps you've never done anything like this before. You don't know the love of God. You don't know the forgiveness of God. Perhaps you have walked away from the Lord and you need to come back home. Or perhaps you Call yourself a believer, but you know deep down, behind closed doors when no one's looking, you're, you're not right with God. In your heart, you know you're not right with Him. You know you need to repent tonight. In Jesus' name. Can I get everyone, eyes closed, head bowed right now? 
If you're in any of those categories, can I just get you to lift up your hand? Yeah, I see that hand. Thank you, brother. Anyone else? Online, if that's you, just message us in the background as well. But let's be up on our feet. Thanks for listening to another online message from Fire Church Ministries. For more messages like this and other resources and information, go to our website, firechurch.com.au.